Hi guys, welcome back to Elephants in the Room. Oh my gosh, we're back. It's been a minute. It's been a long minute. And I have a special guest with me. Coco, say hi. Here's my little angel, my little puppy girl, Coco. She's hanging out with me today because dad is asleep. And um, I don't want to put her in her playpen because that's boring when she can just hang out with mom while she records. And on top of that, she's also cute and people are going to like my podcast better if she's in it. So I feel like, you know, it's a win-win. <laughs> Anyways, um, wow. It's weird to be back. Um, as you guys know, if you follow along and support this podcast and support me as a human, you know that I haven't put out an episode. I think this is, I missed two full weeks, maybe three actually, but I'm not positive. Um, it's kind of all been a blur, but yeah, I've, I've been not here. I haven't been putting out episodes, which is a bummer for a lot of reasons. And I've definitely been very hard on myself about it. Um, because something I've always struggled with in my life is consistency. And when I first started this podcast, I feel like I had the discipline and motivation to never miss a week. And if it was ever Wednesday night or matter of fact, I used to put the episodes out on Wednesday. So if it was ever Tuesday night and I didn't have an episode out, I would stay up all night and I would film an episode and I would edit it all night and I would get no sleep and I'd go to work the next day and work nine hours. And I was like a beast in that way where I just went. Um, and I feel like I'm in a different season of my life where I have a lot more freedom which is kind of ironic because you think because I have more freedom and because I'm not working a normal standard job that I would have all the time in the world for this podcast and there would be no excuse or reason to not pull it out. And at least that's what I thought. And to a certain extent, I think that's true where we have to, you know, set expectations and standards for ourselves and follow through with our word. But I also think that I'm just walking in a different season where it's funny because when I quit my job I thought like oh my life's gonna be like so easy and like I'm gonna have so much free time and I'm gonna be able to just give everything to this podcast and then I quit my job and I moved to LA and my boyfriend's song blew up and we've been traveling the world for the last like six months straight like I actually haven't been in LA for longer than three weeks at a time ever in the last like eight months um, and even that the time that I was here for three weeks was literally only once. And every other time we've been here for like one week at a time, couple days at a time. And so finally we're back from tour and all of that to say, I know people are probably listening to that and being like, oh my gosh, poor you, you've been traveling the world with your boyfriend. Like, and it's like, yeah, like I am so blessed and I'm so grateful and I've gotten to live so much so much life and, and have so many fun experiences that I never thought I'd be able to have. Like growing up, I didn't even get on a plane until I was 17. And now I don't even know how many planes I've been on, but, um, behind the scenes, I'm struggling with really real things and we are struggling with really real things. And, um, it seems like when you're not in a position where you're so occupied with work and with life that you have no free time. It's almost as if it's easy to kind of be on autopilot and not deal with your emotions or 
with anything. And I think when you actually do have rest and free time and you're not overfilling your schedule, you start to see the holes in your heart and the places that you need to work on. And I honestly feel like I've, um, kind of taken a lot of steps back in my self skills or like, I don't know, like, I don't know how to describe it. What I'm trying to say is when I, um, you know, started going to therapy and I started working on myself and learning how to love myself, I feel like I had kind of tackled or, um, achieved, learning how to live like a healthy life. Like I had a routine, I was exercising, I was disciplined. I feel like I was dealing with my emotions. I was healing, I was growing. And I kind of felt like I like figured out life or like how to like healthily live life, if that makes sense. And I think that I've backpedaled a lot because I was so used to such a normal life. Like I I have always worked a normal job and I've always, you know, I've never been in a position where I can have freedom or time or I've never been in a position where I've had a lack of structure that I've had to do. And so I've always had structure, but it's because I've been forced to have structure. And now I'm in a place where I'm not forced to have structure and I'm kind of relearning how to do life because it's like I finally have freedom, which I've never had. And it's really amazing but it's easy to take advantage of that freedom and just kind of want to to live in it and and also it's it's a lot easier to do something when you have to do it versus when you don't have to and so I think I'm learning how to have self-discipline again and how to um do things for myself and have self-love and even on top of that I mean I've I was in a long distance relationship for two and a half years. And then, you know, now we live in the same state and, you know, we see each other all the time or with each other all the time. And so it's like, I'm also learning how to love myself and practice self care and to do things for myself while being in the same physical place as my partner who I love. And I'm someone who is struggle with codependency and people pleasing. And I love to serve people and I love to love people. So a lot of times it's really easy for me to, um, give everything to everyone, but not anything to myself. And so it's easy for me to fall back into that and it's no one's fault other than my own. And it's just learning how to set boundaries just for myself of I'm going to sacrifice this time in my day for me and to do the things that are good for me and to do the things that matter. And it's just, it's really easy to put myself and my life and my desires and my stuff, my whole life. I've always been like this. It's really easy for me to put it on the back burner in any situation, um, which kind of leads into the next thing, which is, um, I have so many fun life updates for you guys. So I have a puppy now. I know crazy so fun. It's insane. Um, as you guys know, I've wanted a puppy forever, like literally forever. It's always been my dream. And specifically I've always wanted a golden doodle, but as of the last couple years, I've really wanted a teacup poodle. And part of the reason is because they're so freaking cute. I feel like they're the perfect first dog because they're really little. And especially for my lifestyle and my boyfriend's lifestyle, because we travel so much, I was like, I want a puppy that is easy to take us take with us and and that we can kind of merge into our lifestyle because I would never want to get a big dog and have to leave the dog and get sitters for the dog constantly and so 
the idea of a teacup poodle is like, this is a perfect like starter pack dog and they're so cute and they're so little and kind of take them everywhere. Um, and so long story short, me and my boyfriend got back from tour, which was super fun. There are also a lot of challenges physically, especially I think I hit like a really big burnout phase when I was there because we'd just been traveling for so long. So the first couple weeks I loved it and was having the time of my life. But then the last like two weeks or week, I was just like, I can't do anything. I just want to be back home. I just want to rest. Like I'm just so exhausted. And it takes the joy out of traveling because there's so much joy in traveling and it's so fun. But but it gets to a certain extent where it is a lot, especially because I think people assume like, oh, you just get to do whatever, Nicole, and you're just traveling and exploring the world and your life's so easy. And it's like, yeah, like I'm not it's not like I have any crazy expectations on tour, but it's like I am um, taking care of my boyfriend and trying to make his life easier on tour. And there's a lot of roles that I play and there's a lot that I do do. And on top of that, even more than that, it's, it's not like we're traveling the world, getting to spend every day going and doing fun activities. It's like, it is his job. It is his job and, it, and it's a dream and it's amazing, but it's like, it's strenuous. Every day he has to perform. Every day we're traveling hours in a tour bus. You know, we're having to do laundry, do all these things. Like there's a lot that goes on. We're having to pack our stuff, repack our stuff, go to the next hotel, go to the next Airbnb. Like I know it seems so glamorous and there is so many glamorous, fun parts of it, but there's also stressful parts of it. So all of that to say, I was happy to be back and happy to have some rest and recovery and to kind of create some stability back in my life. Cause I haven't been in a routine and I haven't been doing the things that I know will make me feel joy and feel healthy and feel good. And I haven't been filling my cup up with those little things that the little daily things like seeing sunlight and exercising and reading my Bible and doing all these things. I haven't been doing those things like I usually do on tour because I still haven't mastered how to have that self-discipline and have that self-routine during those travel traveling periods. And so I'm still navigating and learning how to do that. But I think I, I do just need rest. And so I learned that I needed that. And so I'm excited to be back, even though it was so fun. Anyways, all of that to say, um, you know, and I will say, and I've said this before, but I think part of the reason I hesitate talking about some of these things that I struggle with during this season of my life is I think that people look at me and think that I'm in a very privileged position to be dating someone who's successful and has fame or whatever and has money and that I don't have a normal job anymore and all these things. And trust me, I am. I'm so lucky and I'm so blessed, but it doesn't it doesn't mean that there's an absence of struggle or sadness or adversity in my life now versus when I, you know, was n not, you know, doing what I love for work and I worked a stressful job and I lived alone, isolated in a state by myself and all these different things. I'm just saying, I, I guess I've realized, and, and I used to think the same thing, looking at other people. I used to look at other people who didn't have traditional nine to five jobs or people who got to travel a lot or people who weren't super financially stressed. And I was like, if I was, if I was just in their position, I'd be happy. Like they have it so easy. Like they have nothing to complain about. And I'm not here to complain, but this podcast is all about me connecting and relating to you guys through struggle and um, helping you guys to feel less alone. So it kind of puts me in a weird position where I'm in such a blessed position in my life, yet I'm still struggling so much. But sometimes I feel like I can't share it with you guys because people don't understand because they assume that 
I should just not struggle because of the position that I'm in. And so, yeah, it's like, it's kind of that weird situation where it's like, I do see how blessed I am, but I also don't want you guys to think that my life is perfect because it's really not. (laughs) Um, anyways, back to the story about my cute puppy. So we got back from, um, we got back from tour and literally the next day, dirty clothes everywhere, like so roasted, so exhausted. We're just a mess. We're in some random Airbnb and my boyfriend's like, Nicole, I have a surprise for you. And I was like, okay, what's the surprise? He's like, we're going to go and see this teacup poodle tomorrow. And if we really love her, we're going to take her home. And I was like, you're crazy. What? Like we just got back. Like everything's so crazy. Like, I'm just like thinking my, my planner brain is freaking out thinking of like, no, no, no. Like we need time. We need to plan this. We need this. We need that. We need time to kind of focus on ourselves and, and rest and recover. Like we don't need a puppy right now, but also I want a puppy. And so it's kind of this weird flea of emotions where I was like logically thinking like, wait, maybe we should wait. But then my heart was like, oh, well, who knows? So we kind of, we're just like, let's just go see her. And long story short, Typically, like teacup poodles are only breeded out of Korea. And so um, usually what you have to do is you have to import them from Korea. But my boyfriend found a breeder who imports the parents from Korea and then breeds the puppies here. So we pretty much save money and we don't have to import the puppy. So long story short, we went to go and see this cute puppy. And the lady did say, you know, the breeder, she was like, Hey, like we may have more around Christmas time or the start of the year, but no guarantees. And this is my last poodle that I have. And obviously we saw her and we were like, she's a literal angel. And so we went and we saw her and she was so cute and so sweet. So perfect. Literally the exact like picture perfect of what we would want in a, in a little puppy. And so we saw her and, um, I was skeptical. I was like, like, she's really cute, but we could probably wait. So that's what I said to my boyfriend. And then he looked at me and he was like, life's too short. We're getting her. So we literally handed the lady his card and we got the puppy and we named her Coco. And she has been one of the biggest blessings ever. And I know that she is just such a puppy from God and the ways that she has humbled us, grounded us and honestly taken all of our time. Like she's really made me slow down. And it's interesting because when I got back from tour, I was like, okay, it's time to go. I got to do this for my podcast. I got to do this for life. I got to get fit. I got to do all these things. And I had this bucket list of things that I just wanted to achieve and do and just grind, grind, grind. And then I got her and I was like, oh, she takes so much of my time. You know, it's like you are literally caring for a whole nother human, a whole nother. I mean, she's she's not a human. She's a creature or yeah, she's a little dog. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like it changes everything. You know, it's like you're not just focused on yourself anymore. You're focused on a whole new little cute creature who relies on you to take care of them. And they just desire to be loved. And she is the cutest little dog ever. When I tell you she has been, yeah, like just such a big blessing and also a blessing in my relationship too. It's, it's a sense of responsibility that we have together and something that, you know, pushes us to be a better team. 
and, um, you know, cleaning up her poop isn't glamorous. <laughs> um, you know, when she chews on your hands, all these things, that's not glamorous. When she pees on your bed, all these things, not glamorous, not fun, but she is so worth it. And she is just so cute. Like she's, everyone loves her everywhere we take her. She's literally famous. Like she gets stopped everywhere. She's so easy in the sense where she just wants to be involved. So like she loves driving with us. She loves going out to stores with us. We always take her to Erewhon and people just love her. They eat her up. She's so chill. She's so well behaved. But then when we get home, she's so playful and she just wants to play with us and love on us. She is just like literally the best dog ever. So, um, yeah, we're very blessed. Um, but with all that being said, she has been a very time consuming and has honestly taken really a lot of my time and energy, especially cause she's a little puppy. Um, but I'm so grateful for her because it's also helped me be more mindful of my time because it's just made me realize that I think structure is important. And I think that having things that do hold us down and keep us accountable really can create good routines and habits throughout our life because it's, it's a stable, it's a constant, it's a responsibility. And so I think sometimes we run away from, from responsibilities because we think they're bad. But I just think that in life, like the things that bring the most joy in life are also the things that bring the most struggle and sometimes the most pain and frustration. It's like everything good comes with hard parts. And, and I truly think that, you know, things that are worthwhile and things that are truly good and bring true joy and growth and all these things, they're not things that are easily attainable. And they're also not things that that come with no resistance. And so having this sweet little puppy has just reminded me that good things come with resistance. Good things come with responsibility. Good things come with hard work. And it's like one big cluster of joy and work and frustration and happiness. And it's, it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding. Things like that, things like her. So it's been really cool. Um, but she has been a lot, puppies are a lot of work, but I freaking love her. And I would, I, I'm like, it's my dream to have her. So I'm so blessed and so lucky. And I never thought that I'd be in a position where I could have such a sweet puppy and also could have the means to support her and also could um, have the time to, to spend with her and not have to go to a nine to five job every day and be able to incorporate her into my work. You know, she gets to be a part of my content on TikTok and social media, and she gets to also be a part of the podcast. Like she's literally just out here playing, running around and I'm just watching her while I'm recording. So it's like, it's literally my dream life and I'm so blessed. Um, and on that note, that's something that I literally posted a video about this yesterday, but I think part of the reason that I've struggled so much with feeling happy the last little bit, even though I've had so many blessings poured over my life, like I'm literally walking in so many prayers that I've prayed my entire life. Like God has literally blessed me and redeemed my life times a billion. But I think one of the reasons I struggle being content, being happy and having joy throughout these times is that I think that it has to come with a complete absence of sadness and a complete absence of struggle. And so in my head, I can't rationalize being grateful and also struggling and, and hurting. And so it's been hard because nothing is what it seems. And all the things that we pray for and all the things that we ask, they come with hard challenges, even the best things. And so I think that when we get them, it's not always what we expect. And a lot of times it's better. It's more rewarding, but 
there's just a lot that goes into this life. And I think our joy is not circumstantial. I think our joy comes down to our relationship with Jesus and our relationships with ourselves, and, you know, self-care and all these little things that we don't think really affect our joy, but I think they do. And I think sometimes it's less circumstantial than just what we have. And it's easy to take things for granted, but yeah, it's just teaching me, um, you know, I can, I can be both. I can be grateful and know how blessed I am. And I can also be sad and be struggling, you know, and you can, you can be thankful for the way that God has healed you and the things that God has delivered you from and the things that God has saved you from. Well, you can also be frustrated or confused why there's certain parts of you that are still broken or why there's certain things in your life that aren't the way that you want them to be. And you can, you can be both, you know? And so I think that's something that I'm learning. Okay guys see this is so fun it's so fun to be back talking to you guys so on that note um I let's dive into today's episode um so now you guys have a little life update (laughs) understand where I'm at (laughs) and hopefully you forgive me for not being consistent with this dang podcast but I'm working on it and I promise you I'm so excited too because that's something I forgot to tell you so we're actually not traveling for the next like six months. Okay. And when I say that we're still traveling a little bit. So we actually have the next little bit here. Um, here, and again, there's, there's a couple travel plans he has, but they're all smaller things. And moral of the story is I'm going to be here. I'm going to be home. I'm going to be in, in a place for once in a long time. And so I'm really excited to create a routine to get back into some self-care, to get back into consistency with this podcast, with my goals, with my dreams, um, to teach and train little Coco, um, to start going to church, to start having community again, um, just to do the little things that matter so much. So I'm, so I'm super pumped. So that's going to be coming in. And I actually do have something that I've been planning and working on for this podcast. That's kind of like a side thing to it that I'm really excited for that hopefully will be coming soon. I'm working on it. Um, Um, And I do have some really cool guests planned. Actually, I'm traveling next month to go film with one of them and they're literally the best. I'm so pumped for you guys to see the episode. Um, Also, if you guys have any guests that you really want to come on or people or types of people or whatever groups of people that you want to come on or certain artists or certain therapists or whatever if you have people that you would love to see on the podcast please let me know um please email me dm me comment whatever you'd like to do um somehow it will reach me um anyways okay so let's get into today's episode so today we're going to be talking about something that i've already kind of briefly talked about in the past um but i want to talk about it again and there's a couple of reasons i want to talk about it again one of the reasons is that when i did put out the episode I got a ton of positive feedback. Like people really, really resonated with it. And a lot of people left a lot of comments asking more questions about it and kind of wanting more. And so it was something that I kind of briefly touched on, but I didn't go into detail. And even on top of that, I guess I didn't do all the best research that I wish I would have had more information to speak on it, but I don't feel like I had enough information to fully, fully speak on it. So today's episode, is going to be about diving deeper into survival mode, which is something I feel like I'm currently living in. Actually, 
I'm sure of it. Um, And so it's something that is coming from a personal place, but is also coming from a place of, I wanted to know more about it and I wanted to share it with you guys. Now, I always disclose my episodes by saying, I'm not an expert. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I didn't go to school for any of those things. I'm just a girl with a lot of trauma, with a really crazy life who is struggling and who's trying to make sense of it and learn how to be healthy and have healthy relationships and all these different things. So I I encourage you that whenever I do speak on topics like this, you do your own research, you talk to a professional. Um, But this is just kind of me sharing my experience with these things as well as you know, trying to bring value to you guys by doing research and learning more about these things. Um, so take what I say always with a grain of salt and know that I'm a very flawed human who is not an expert. Um, but with that being said, let's get into it. Okay. So survival mode. I feel like this is something that kind of gets tossed around a lot. Um, and To be fair, I think it's because a lot of us are living in it, like actually. And I think that that has to do with the amount of trauma that is in this world. I think that has to do with the stress and fear of this world and just the the state of this world that we live in is pretty rough. And so considering that, I think that it's, it's pretty common for people to be living in slash experiencing survival mode. And so let's just kind of get into it a little bit. So this is like some of the science behind survival mode. So what is survival mode? Stressful stimuli cause a physiological and psychological response called our survival mode. This mode involves the release of stress hormones and the activation of our stress response systems. Our mind and body become focused on combating danger. So it's pretty much a stress response. Um, So our nervous system is trying to protect us. So it's pretty much like protect mode, if that makes sense. So when we experience an extremely heightened amount of stress, which usually comes from a traumatic event, a stressful workplace, um, super heightened emotions from a hard situation, um, burnout, if we're overworking ourselves, usually our bodies are experiencing a heightened and prolonged amount of stress. And when they are, it throws our nervous system off and it releases these stress hormones that pretty much are rewiring our brain to be in a literal different mode where it's focused on protecting us. It's not focused on living. And so I'm trying to find the right words to kind of explain these things. And again, I did as much as much research as I could, but I'm, I want you guys to try to understand this. So, um, like I said, some of the reasons you could be living in survival mode are constant stress, traumatic experiences, prolonged grief, emotional, mental, or physical abuse, and then prolonged burnout. So I think we as humans have all experience probably one or more of those things. I know I have. And so trauma, PTSD from a traumatic event can leave you in survival mode for a very long time because your body thinks it's in danger. And so when your body thinks it's in danger, it's trying to protect itself. The problem is, is that 
living in survival mode is the problem. It's not experiencing, you know, being in survival mode for a short period because sometimes it is good. It is good for our body to be in survival mode because it's trying to protect itself. But prolonged, it's not good for us. It's like really not good for us. So I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard of fight, flight, or freeze. So when our body's in danger, when we're in danger, when our nervous system senses danger, we go into fight, flight, or freeze mode. Um, and again, let's say a bear is chasing you. Like that's a good reason to fight, flight, or freeze. But let's say you're just working at a really stressful job. It's not good to be in fight, flight, or freeze because you're going to have to continue to go to that job every day. And so it's like you're going to be living in this survival mode. So I'm trying to um, describe this the best I can. So if you feel like you can't focus, you feel exhausted all the time, you can't stop overthinking and fearing the future, you have trouble falling asleep, you feel weak, you feel exhausted, you feel like lethargic all the time, no matter what you do in the day, no matter how much energy you expound, you just feel exhausted all the time. You feel zoned out, like you feel numb. You feel like you're not even there. You feel like you can't get even the most simple tasks done and even the most simple tasks overwhelm you. And you feel like you're also neglecting taking care of yourself. You may be living in survival mode. And it's a scary place to be. And it's a really, really stressful place to be because it feels like there's no way out. And it feels like there's something wrong with you. And I think that that's the most dangerous thing about living in survival mode is that we classify these symptoms or these things we're experiencing as a definition of our character. We think that, oh, I'm experiencing this, so I'm a lazy piece of crap. There's something wrong with me. And we live in such a hustle, go, go, go world where everyone's just talks about, you know, just do it, just get over it, just be disciplined, just wake up and do it. Doesn't matter how you feel, doesn't matter what you do, just do it. And so we attach so much guilt and shame with all of those things because we're told that we just need to get over it and get up and, and do it. It's like, because of that, we feel so much guilt and shame and we feel lazy and we feel worthless and we feel like there's something wrong with us. So I think that's the worst part about it. And then when we get in that place and we feel that guilt and shame because of those symptoms of survival mode, we tend to sometimes get really sad or even depressed because we feel so terrible about ourselves. And then when we're depressed and we're sad, it, it, it's like a ripple effect, which just leads us into a deeper, darker hole and makes it way harder to get out of survival mode. And it's crazy because I have experienced living in survival mode most of my life and most of it has been because of my trauma, because of the severe traumatic events I went through as a child. My parents were drug addicts. I was never in a safe situation. And then I, you know, got married and was in a very toxic marriage and got divorced. And so I spent most of my life in really, really dangerous situations. And so I was literally living in survival mode my whole life, pretty much up until I was 19. And then when I was 19, I started going to therapy and my therapist was able to 
helped me identify that. And when I started to experience a lot of these symptoms, um, and I was frustrated at myself, she was able to help me understand Nicole you're living in survival mode. You've been living in survival mode your whole life. So now that you're finally getting out of it, now that you're finally experiencing a safe, healthy life, your body's catching up. It's catching up to all the damage that's been done to it. And you're exhausted. Your body is exhausted from living in survival mode your whole life, from trying to protect yourself your whole life. And so I had to give myself a lot of grace in that time because during that time I had started to tackle a lot of self-help and a lot of self-care and a lot of self-work and I was exercising and going to the gym and reading my bible and doing all these things for myself because I wanted to feel healthy and I wanted to feel happy and I want to have joy and I want to take care of myself but the problem was is it was never enough I still felt like I woke up every day and a bus had just hit me the day before and I felt no energy I felt unmotivated I felt numb. I felt so weird, but I was so confused because I thought I was doing everything right. And it just made me feel like there was something wrong with me. And I think, you know, through that time, the most important thing for me was identifying that there wasn't anything wrong with me and that I had to give myself grace and compassion during that season because my body was just catching up body was recovering my body was healing and I think that season was beautiful because I do think I went through a lot of healing and recovery and I was able to to a certain extent get out of survival mode and it's because I was finally in a safe place and my nervous system started to recognize that and then what's really hard about that is I think I was in a place of peace and 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 my nervous system finally had some recovery and rest from survival mode for a short time because shortly after I was able to get out of survival mode I um, got a promotion at my job and moved across the state to a new state and the amount of stress that that induced on my life more than even just the job, but also the moving, the being in a new place and also being completely isolated from the world was really bad. And so I think that that slowly pushed me back into survival mode. And before I moved to LA from Arizona, I was struggling so much. I couldn't even, it it was to a place like, tell me if you guys understand this. Tell me if you relate to this. I would wake up to go to work and I would literally wake up like 10 minutes before I had to leave. I would brush my teeth. I would throw on clothes and I would go and I would just be dead. And I would drink a ton of caffeine, still had no energy. My head would pulse. I would have such a hard time focusing because I did a lot of computer work and I would have such a hard time focusing. And all I could think of, it was just going home and having no responsibilities, no pressure. So I would feel, I would almost feel physically ill when I was at work, like physically ill. And then the second that I got home, I felt calm. And I felt like part of my stomach issues would go away. I feel like my head would start to like untense. It's like I would almost be convinced that I was sick when I was at work. And then when I got home, I was like, okay, maybe I'm not sick. Maybe I'm just stressed. And that's a stressful place for me. And so I started to identify that. But all that to say, there was a season where, you know, I was able to kind of be consistent with the gym and be consistent with self-care and read my Bible and do all these things. 
But towards the end of that season of my life, I was doing the bare minimum. I was waking up, going to work, coming home, sitting on my phone, eating to comfort myself, sleeping, waking up the next day, doing it again. And it's like I was neglecting my self-care so much. So all of that to say, I really think that moving out to L.A., was so fun and exciting and starting to do this podcast full-time was so fun and exciting but I think that when everything blew up with my boyfriend's career internally I've been struggling a lot and we have struggled a lot through this season to be completely frank it's been a lot on us and there's been a lot of hard things that's happened in our relationship but also on top of that I think the constant traveling and the constant unfamiliarity and the constant lack of routine and lack of self-care and lack of stability has put me in such a state of burnout that I've actually started to fall back into survival mode because since I've been back I think I've been really hard on myself because I can't do the things I want to do I can't get up I feel exhausted all the time even if I go work out even if I read my bible even if I eat healthy it's just like I feel like just so much weight and exhaustion all the time and it's confusing because I'm like why do I feel like this and as I was researching um you know survival mode again I just realized how much stress my body's been under because of the again the constant lack of routine self-care sleep consistency stability um and the constant traveling has just been super exhausting. And I think my body's just burnt out and I just need rest and healing and recovery. Anyways, okay, let's get back into this. I've got my little cute Coco girl here. Hi, Coco. Say hi to the people. Say I'm all dirty. She got, hey, no, she loves cords. See, this is <laughs> no girlfriend. Um, <laughs> she's being crazy. Are you being crazy, girl? She's so cute. Anyways, um, back to this. Okay, so here's some of the ways that I think that, that we feel. So I, I talked about some of them. An, another thing you may be feeling if you're living in survival mode is you feel lonely and isolated even when you're with other people. You feel very sensitive and reactive, so almost like hyper-emotional, if that makes sense. You're overthinking and fearing everything. You're coping with unhealthy fillers to make yourself feel better temporarily rather than doing the things that you know bring true joy and so I think that's one of the biggest symptoms I've struggled with with survival mode is that you just feel so exhausted all the time that you can't even get yourself to do the things you know are good for you because you just want to do the things that are easy and so sitting there and scrolling on your phone or um eating to comfort the pain or watching tv shows or just doing anything that's going to make you temporarily just feel okay you'd rather do that than do things like exercise or go see the sun or do you know an activity like cleaning or something that you know is going to make you feel good um and so you're just doing all the things that are wrong for you because you don't have the energy to do the things that are right for you and so that's a big one um another big symptom of survival mode that i've noticed in my life huge is you really struggle with making decisions like decisions overwhelm the heck out of you even the smallest decisions you can't get yourself to make and also even the smallest tasks seem like unbearable like even filming this podcast like I've literally been putting this off for three days why I don't know 
I found every excuse as to why to do it, but it's like, I love doing this. I enjoy it. But for whatever reason, just the thought of it is so overwhelming, even though I love it, which is another symptom of being in survival mode is losing a lack of love and passion for the things that you normally love to do, which makes you feel like there's something wrong with you. It makes you feel like, you know, you're not yourself. Um, and then there's other little things like you're forgetful, you neglect important tasks or relationships, and you only do what's necessary. So, for example, it's kind of like I said with the working thing, like when I was living in survival mode back in Arizona, it was like I was only doing the things I purely had to do. I was not doing any excess things. I was not working out. I was not taking care of my body. I was just eating, sleeping, breathing, going to work, the things that I had to do. And so now you know, it's like, I think because I have a lack of structure in my life and a lack of responsibilities, even though I still do have responsibilities with this podcast. I mean, it's my job and I love it and all these things. I have more freedom. It's not like clock in and clock out, you know? And so it's really easy for me to not do anything at all because I I don't have to, at least day to day. I mean, by week I do, but if that makes any sense. So, um, when you're in survival mode, it's like, you literally only have the energy to do the things that you have to do which is really hard. So all of that to say, it's all, it's kind of like all a big blurring cluster. It's like, okay, so I live in, I'm living in survival mode. What am I supposed to do and why? And I think that part of the reason we all live in survival mode and a lot of us do is because we just live in a world that's, it's not supposed to be this scary. It's not supposed to be this dark. It's not supposed to be all these things. And, and so I think it's just, the world we live in is really hard to live healthily in. It takes a lot of work and, you know, there's a lot of things that are out of control, out of our control that make us overly stressed. We live in such a stressful world with stressful jobs and stressful relationships and stressful circumstances. And we stress about money. Like, I mean, 90% of the people I know struggle with money. They struggle with stress of money. My whole life, when I tell you guys, my whole life, the amount of stress my finances have caused me is insane. Stress that that also doesn't do anything because I couldn't change the money that was in my bank account. I couldn't change if bad things happened, like my car broke down or my phone broke. Like I, since I was young, because I've never had money and my parents were really poor. And then, you know, my whole life since I was 16, I've always worked full time. Again, me doing this podcast full time is a huge blessing and it's very new for me. And having a boyfriend who has money is also very new for me. I've never experienced these things. But before this season of my life, I stressed about money like all the time. It consumed me. So I know so many people in this world are overly stressed about money. We can't, we can't make it. We can't pay our bills. We don't have enough. It's like you're living paycheck to paycheck. And trust me, I was doing that to a certain extent. I still do that. But like I was living paycheck to paycheck my whole life. And so it's like we have financial stress. We have work stress. We all work at these really like strenuous nine to five jobs. And then on top of that, we live in a world with social media where we are constantly being mentally and emotionally attacked because of the expectations we have to look good, to make money, to have this certain life. We, we have all these expectations and standards. And so it's like, it's just too much. It's overconsumption. It's like, we just can't win. It, it, it's just like, 
we have so much pressure and stress on us in so many capacities in our life, especially nowadays. Um, so with that being said, it's like a lot of us are living in survival mode. So it's like, okay, but what's the answer? How do you get out of survival mode? There's not like a clear cut blueprint of exactly how to get out of survival mode. It takes a lot. It takes a lot to get out of survival mode. Um, I would say, I would say probably the biggest thing, especially if you struggle with being in survival mode from your trauma, from traumatic events that have happened in your life, um, you need to heal. You need to heal. And part of healing is removing the people and things in your life that put you in an unsafe situation. So if you're in an abusive relationship, whether it's emotionally, mentally, physically, if you have an abusive family, if you are experiencing toxicity within people from your life that puts you in a constant state of stress and high emotions, you're never going to get out of survival mode until you either remove those people and those things or you set really strong boundaries within those relationships and within those settings. And sometimes boundaries aren't enough. Sometimes you have to remove yourself completely. Completely. And so that's the first thing is whether it's a person, a place or a thing or a job, whatever it is. And I know that that sounds easier said than done, because obviously we need to have jobs to make money. But if you are able to remove yourself from whatever it is in your life that is giving you an immense amount of stress, you need to try to do that. Now, if it's something in your life that gives you stress, but is a good thing, like, for example, like, a relationship is stressful. Being in a relationship is stress, but it's also, you know, if you're in a healthy relationship, there's joy and there's healing and there's peace within it. So if there is stress in your relationship, I think learning how to cope with your stress is very important. So if you're in a situation like a job or a relationship or something that's stressful, but it's still good for you and there's positive to it and it's healthy, you need to find ways to cope with stress. The best ways to cope with stress is self-soothing um, activities and also self-care. So my therapist, matter of fact, when I was going through everything I was going through, she said, I want you to write down a hundred things that make you feel peace and rest and joy. So a hundred activities or things that you can do that will just provide a state of rest. So whether that's taking a bath, reading a book, watching a TV show, exercising, whatever it is, doing a mixture of self-soothing, which like I said, massage, bath, um, reading a book, listening to music you love versus, you know, self-care, like exercising, eating nutritious foods, um, all these different things. So a mixture of self-soothing and self-care, like I said, self-care can be a layer of things, it can be exercising, it can be, you know, putting on a face mask, but yeah, a mixture of self-care and self-soothing activities. And if you don't know what either of those are, look them up. Um, but they're a little bit different. There's some that are similar. They're similar, but also different. Um, so it's a mixture of both of those things to combat your stress and to learn how to manage your stress by being able to self-soothe and practice self-care. Um, so I would say that's the first step of getting out of survival mode. Um and then the second step, which is probably the most important step, is to give yourself grace and compassion. So when you do realize that you are in survival mode, you need to stop labeling yourself with, with big 
dark words like I'm lazy, I'm worthless, I'm all these things, I'm crazy, there's something wrong with me. You need to stop putting those labels on yourself and you need to start giving yourself grace and love and understanding. And you may not completely understand why you're in that position. You may not even fully be able to comprehend survival mode, but I, I promise you it is a real thing. And the only way you're ever going to get out of that place and get your nervous system to calm down is by giving yourself love and grace. Because if you are filled with guilt and shame, it's only going to push you deeper, deeper into sadness, which will push you deeper, deeper into survival mode. So you need to give yourself grace and love. Um, the next thing that you need to do is try to calm your nervous system. And like I said, I think that starts with removing things and people that make you feel unsafe. But it's also, like I said, a practice of self-soothing and self-care. And one thing that I like to do that someone told me once is if there's something that you know is good for you, but you don't want to do, do it for 10 minutes. And then if you don't want to do it after 10 minutes, stop. Because a lot of the times the things that are good for us, we don't want to do them. But once we do them, we're like, okay. I love this. This is good for me. And I enjoy this. It's just like the thought of doing them, which especially when you're living in survival mode, it's hard to even comprehend or attempt to do the things that we know are good for us. So sometimes just doing them is really important and giving yourself, allowing the space for you to not do it if it's too overwhelming, but at least give 10 minutes at it. Um, journaling is really important. Getting out your emotions and your fears on a piece of paper, taking all those thoughts in your mind and putting them somewhere. I also think that praying is another amazing way to do that. When I'm really overwhelmed or feeling any type of way, fear, just speaking all those things out to God and giving them to him and trusting him to take care of that. And, you know, trusting him to, you know, help me fight these battles and focusing on him and focusing on being a good disciple of Christ rather than focusing about all my problems. Um, so praying. And then on top of that, of course, I think reading your Bible, if you're a Christian, um, you know, spending time in God's word, I think for anyone, um, it's a lamp underneath our feet and it's, it's what brings me the most peace in my life and the most healing. Um, another thing you can do to get out of survival mode is get professional help. If you do need healing from trauma and from PTSD and from things in your life, or you even need help learning to love yourself and learning how to practice self-care, self-soothing, sometimes we need a professional and sometimes we need someone that understands the way that our brains work. And there's no shame in that. Um, so I encourage you, if you don't have a therapist, um, I promise you it's not as scary as you think. And if you can find a good therapist, it, it really can be life-changing. Um and then I would say, you know, a routine, even if it's something small, even if you only put one thing on your to-do list every day, do something for yourself to fill your cup back up, to make yourself feel accomplished, to make yourself feel like you're in control. Because I think part, a big part of survival mode, which is actually part of my notes, is w when we feel out of control, we get into survival mode because we feel fear and we, we feel like we're in danger. And so our body's way of trying to control something is to be in survival mode and preserve the energy that we have. So if you can find things in your life that you can be in control of, it's going to help your nervous system calm back down to be able to rest and not be in that survival mode. So like I said, creating a small routine for yourself that you are in control of, like every day before work, 
I'm going to get up, even if it's 20 minutes before, and I'm going to spend five minutes reading my Bible. I'm going to spend five minutes writing down things I love about myself. I'm going to spend five minutes, you know, sitting in the sunlight. Um, You know, I'm going to spend five minutes, you know, doing something that brings me joy. So maybe that's like coloring. Maybe that's who knows, whatever it is. And so it's having that little routine and stability for yourself, which will help your nervous system start to calm down because you will feel like you are in control of something. Um, don't isolate. Uh, I know it's easy to isolate when you're in survival mode, but um, one of the most powerful things I've learned is to shelf it. I know that sounds really weird, but I used to think that when you're experiencing a heightened emotion or when you're going through a lot and all you can think about is just how you're feeling and what you're going through, it's really easy to feel like distracting yourself is negative. It's like, no, I need to deal with what I'm feeling. I need to deal with what I'm going through. But a lot of times the most powerful thing you can do is shelf it put it on a shelf, say, I can't deal with this right now because I don't have the tools. I don't have the energy. I don't have the capacity. So I'm going to shelf this. I'm going to come back to this and I'm going to focus on something that brings me joy and something that kind of healthily distracts my brain until I'm in a place where I really can't deal with this. So shelf it. Sometimes you can't face it all. You can't deal with it all. And sometimes we just need rest. And sometimes we just need to do mindless activities like go on a walk or, you know, go get a coffee and a little treat, like whatever it is, like, don't, don't feel bad to do those little things to just give yourself a little bit of love. You know, if you're struggling with, with, with something and you feel like you can't handle dealing with it or going through it or processing the emotion, it's okay to, to pause. It's okay to pause. Um, yeah. And so with all that being said, I don't, there's not really a perfect blueprint on how to get out of survival mode. And like I said, if you know, you're wanting a more descriptive answer, go to an expert, talk to a therapist or, um, a psychiatrist or someone who studies the brain. And like I said, I did as much, as much research as I could. And I watched a lot of videos and I think there are very specific ways on how you can, you know, calm your nervous system down. But these are also some of the ways that I came up with slash that I researched that I know work because I've done them before. Um, so yeah, I just, I pray that, um, you know, you guys give yourself grace and patience through this season of, life if you feel like you relate to any of this and I also pray that you know that you're not alone and a lot of people don't want to talk about these things and they don't want to talk about not getting out of bed they don't want to talk about not being able to achieve anything on their to-do list feeling exhausted all the time no matter what they do it's like we we live in in such a world of hustle and perfection and standards of perfection that we just beat ourselves up so much and so it's hard to really talk about these things and live in these things but I'm going through it if you're going through it, I just encourage you that you're not alone. Um, this was fun. It's so fun to talk to you guys and be here. And, um, I hope that you enjoyed this. I hope that this brought you encouragement, peace, um, or anything. And I love you guys. I'm sorry. I've been so inconsistent. I'm sorry. I've been struggling, but I'm excited to be back. I will have an episode out for you guys next week on Thursdays is the new day. Sorry, I just burped. And, um, yeah, I love you guys. Thank you for always encouraging me and supporting me. 
Um, I, I do not deserve you guys. Like you guys send me the kindest messages, even when I struggle, even when I'm not consistent or even when I feel like I put out a crappy episode, like you guys are always so encouraging. And so I'm thankful for, for that. And I'm thankful for you guys. Um, if you would like to support me, you can do a lot of things. <laughs> First thing, as you guys can see, I'm holding a cute little can of Olipop. This is their new flavor, ginger ale. Um, you can go and use my code, Nicole, or wait, no, 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 code elephants, code elephants for 20% off. You guys can get the new flavor. Um, ginger ale, it's so yummy. Um, also watermelon lime. You guys know that's one of my favorites. And actually one you guys really need to go get online is the crisp apple. It's a winter or slash fall edition. So it's only here during the holidays, but it is literally one of my favorite flavors ever. I love it. And it is hard to find in stores. I think it's at Sprouts and maybe... Whole Foods, but it is hard to find. So you can order online with my code elephants. Um, you can also follow my personal pages, Nicole.Donna, TikTok, Instagram, all the places you can follow my elephants in the room socials. It's just elephants in the room on YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> and you can share this podcast on your story, share with a friend. You can shoot me a DM, shoot me an email. Um, rate this podcast rate and review it that helps me a ton um so you can do all of that um but yeah i love you guys i'll close this episode out by saying what elephants are in your room my name is nicole and i will talk to you guys next week <laughs>